lunch at Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, where we through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm of course your host, Tyler McRae, and joining with me is a brand new guest there, now way, way back in the day before uh, we rose to prominence that I'd flick in a little bit of Smash Brothers, you know, a challenger has entered, woo woo woo, so I'll try claw back that audio somehow uh to bring on my good mate um they've been a right little help um adjusting me to the sights and sounds of sheffield there um we have uh she knows her marketing she knows her simpsons and she knows her wrestling she's a real triple threat forgive the pun there we have hazel tyson hazel it's good to have you on the podcast how the hell are you Thank you for having me. I'm doing pretty well, you know, uh, like you said, taking you through the sights and the sounds of Sheffield. Oh, that was very radio. That was very um, local D- radio, that. Nice, nice. Very like marketing, that. very uh, public access television, one might say. Yes, yes. Uh, great great synergy there. We're going, we're going very apprentice off the top there. <laughs> so before I get into the nice little admin of it, I'd like to go through... My James Lipton and you're inside the actor's studio, uh, tapas questions, if you will. There, the biggest one is I say with all my new guests, the Hazel, what does The Simpsons mean to you? So, I have been watching The Simpsons for a very long time. Um, I think I remember when it came to uh, BBC Two, and for me, it's definitely that kind of especially those first few seasons, it's it's childhood to me. I remember going swimming and then coming home and watching The Simpsons. Like it's a very integral part of so much of my life. And there's not a day that goes by where I'm not quoting something, you know, whether it's, um, I said, hop in or something like that. Just a little, little jape there. Um, it's, it's so much to me. Oh, class. So I'm thinking BBC too. So I think it's always been on at like six, no matter what channel that's. But um, I'm trying to guess the lineup now. So when you were watching it, because I think we're similar age, would you have also been watching what was it, uh, Weakest Link and Fresh Prince as well? I think they were the head and tail of it as well. Yes, but also I remember even further back than that when it was um, Star Trek that was on. Uh- oh, oh, bloody hell! I didn't know that. I think either at the same time or kind of it was somewhere in the billing around that time of when The Simpsons was on. Oh, right. I had no idea. I just, I've got definitive memories from 99 where it's all Robot Wars, Weakest Link. Yes, Robot really, Wars. Yes. And then I get really pissed off because like Wimbledon's on and fucking, um, what's it? Tim Henman's having a three hour yeah. match and I can't watch The Simpsons for him. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> ruined me during the summer absolutely ruined me <laughs> absolutely so okay so it's just been ingrained in your childhood like a lot of us then through that have you got a favorite character or is that too much of a sophie's choice could you rattle off a main or you know tertiaries there health like favorite episode ever give us give us the glut give us the uh the full money so i've always been a big fan of lisa um my dad said that I was most like Lisa because I was very kind of very astute very studious but also had my kind of funny side and also didn't mind 
uh, playing up to fitting in with how my family was ridiculous and getting on board with some of the stuff that they were doing. So I definitely feel like I connected with Lisa. And on that, I would say that um, Little Girl in the Big Ten is probably my favourite episode. And I know that we've chatted through this before, but... um, I think for me it kind of encapsulates so much of Lisa's personality where she feels like she's a very very big fish in a small pond and pretending to be a college student I think is just kind of like the tip of the iceberg for that and it's got one of my uh, one of my favorite quotes of ever of the Simpsons which is Lisa Simpson master of the double life and it's just so perfect <laughs> Oh, I was going to ask, is that in our remit? But I think it's just after. I want to say yeah. it's season 13 or so. But I do know which episode you're thinking of now. Yeah. Um, mainly, I think, because Ralph pissing himself. And yes. also, you, you get to hear an all-star. When yes. they rinse that from, like, 99 to 2002 there. It's really surreal hearing that and not think of Shrek. Absolutely. And also that... Uh... That scene of Homer, I take a whiskey drink, I take a vodka drink, but when I need to pee, I use the kitchen sink. The kitchen sink, yes. Brilliant. We we respect Chumbawamba on this podcast there. And the episode we're reviewing today is Homer Badman from Season 6, Episode 9, directed by Jeffrey Lynch, written by Greg Daniels, with the original air day being November the 27th, 1994, and the couch gag being the family chases the couch all the way back as it goes down, a little portal type hallway and as always i ask my guests um hazel uh what were your initial thoughts on this one or any nostalgic memories on this did you catch this on channel 4 reruns did you have this on vhs or a dvd like how many times have you watched this how prominent is it with your um like your top tens so what I would say about this episode, and I've got some notes here, and the title that I've put is Misconceptions and Redemption, because there's a lot of this episode... Oh, it's a rhyme. Okay, you've got yeah, me. You've got me. A lot of this episode that I've just either misremembered or my very selective memory, so jumping very far ahead into, into the episode, I remember the bit with the cat in the um, the reconstruction of the crime that takes place and I just remember that bit very vividly in my mind and I don't know if that warped my sense of what this episode was about all right okay okay um would you I'm just trying to say was this one you'd always watch on repeat or like if it's on oh I'll give it a watch or are you like turning to the dvd cover and oh we've got to watch this if you're doing a watch on we've got to start this with um Homer Badman, because I mean the the theme, the theme doesn't scream, you know, like good time or uh, light-hearted. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it can be a very hard-hitting episode, um, depending on where you're coming from. Um, for me, it was definitely one that I would have watched, especially on the reruns on Channel Four. Um, and again, oh. it's not it's not up there in the top ten, but it's definitely like a memorable episode for me. But clearly, I've misremembered some things from it especially doing this kind of second watch through recently it's it's really kind of it's made me reassess how i felt about this episode i think all right oh good uh for myself this one i say i haven't watched it a lot of times but it always seems to be in uh like the channel 4 repeats when they're not doing the 
late 20s or the season 30 now. Um, they'll chuck on a couple of good time golden era ones. And for some reason, this one gets a lot of play on a Saturday or a Sunday of I like notice I've cobbled together right and again like we'll again we'll get into the whole many many different uh themes and adult themes of it but it just seems odd that this one gets so much play I think it's either just generally the jokes for it or I didn't realize there's a lot of uh physical gags or just a lot of um yeah stuff like that yeah I'm just really surprised with it like because the only the main thing I remember from it is again the allegations and accusations and that, but there is a lot of comedy really woven in between that. I just don't, my mind just doesn't go to it straight away. I think as well with this episode, there's a lot of kind of like you say about the visual gags, but also just some of the actual um, artistry itself that's so beautiful. And it's got some of the kind of what I would call like Family Guy esque cutaways that are yeah i think you know which bit that i'm on about um but it's it's very interesting to see them do a lot of that kind of stuff that is um more characteristic of something else but probably made its ground within the simpsons now you see you say that i can't pick any out so by all means when we're walking through this you please pick out the uh pre-family guy uh stuff there please hazel absolutely and we kick off this bad boy with the kids having cereal now, uh, you know, some kind of a Lucky Charms-esque uh, cereal. And Bart's just given out already, saying, oh, hell, why can't it all be marshmallows there? And Lisa moaning, oh, why are you putting them back in the box? They go in the trash, come on. Jamie Oliver home... would be having an absolute field day <laughs> with this. Oh, my God, yeah, you just need some turkey twizzles on the box or... um. There was, I swear there was worse food than the turkey twizzler, but that just got all the headlines there and all there. Um, there was yeah, there was loads of like sugar content and I mean what? Oh, pasta king. Oh, that's healthier oh in the goodness. schools. I remember pasta king, but no, like that's as bad as turkey twizzler. The salt content and like the saturated whole entire fat. Rain- yeah, and the entire rainforest in your cup because it's such a watery meal. Ugh, dreadful. But Homer overhears them and says, "Oh, you like sweet kids? Well." I know a place that's sweeter than sweetness itself there. Our normal donuts are sour poison. You'd spit them out if they would. And Homer's only bagged himself two tickets to the candy trade show there. But how in the hell did he get these illustrious tickets, Hazel? As he he do a little quiz. (laughs) He was rooting through the clump bars at the Quickie Mart. He was. And uh, I, I, I um, I caught how many... Every millionth clump bar and clump bar with almonds there. And quite literally, like, how long was he at a poos? He must have been there for hours. Absolute hours. But I think I love those. um, I love all these crusty branded things that are throughout the seasons of of The Simpsons. And again, it's another one of those things where clearly they've capitalized on something that's popular. A candy bar. Oh, yeah. Well, everything's got to have the crusty brand seal of approval there, Hazel. Oh, my fave bit in everything crustery memorabilia, it's not even, uh, what is it, the pregnancy kit or everything <laughs> else there. It's literally, he's like in his warehouse with all his shit, and I mean shit, and he just goes to this clock, puts his finger on it, ow! Yes. Ooh, I gotta tell you, that gets incredibly hard if you leave it plugged in. <laughs> and then, yeah, this is fine, oh, this is fine, and it's all about to start a massive electrical fire. I'm after Wimbledon. Oh, it's just fucking <laughs> dreadful but brilliant. 
So he managed to sift his way through the clump bars, despite Apu's um, asking him nicely many, many, many times there. The kids are climbing around him. Take me. Me, 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 me. No, sorry, kids. This time, I want my darling wife by my side. What a sweet, sweet man, forgive How the romantic. pun. But there's a... Uh, there's strategy behind this, Hazel. There is. There is a lot of strategy. He sought this through, and he wants Marge's ropey arms to be able to carry all of that free candy back with him. He does. And, um, yeah, the kids even agree. They even hit her with a little bit of hot fuzz. Go, mum. For the greater good, the greater good. <laughs> that's all. I can, that's literally all I can think of now for that little phrase there. Um, yeah, hot fuzz has absolutely ruined me. Homer's even uh, fashioned a fancy jacket there, a big Mac on her, uh, with many, many pockets there. And Marge is judging if they're all necessary. Oh, well, they wouldn't have been if you were willing to sit in a hollowed-out wheelchair. Um, oh, I don't know which... Thinking about it now, what would have worked better, this big Mac attack or the Brian Potter method? I think I think the coat was a good way to, to go. I mean, if we've learned anything from when EasyJet decided to bring in uh, luggage allowance uh, fees. Everyone started to wear all their clothes to the airport, and I think that the big coat was definitely the way to go. The doorbell goes, and um, Marge says, oh, that's the babysitter now. No one in town will babysit for you anymore, so she had to choose between a grad student and a scary-looking hobo, as Bart really wants that hobo, but no, it is the grad student. It's uh, Ashley Grant, who's this standout, um, you know, educated woman modern woman there absolutely and, um lisa's elated she recognizes oh ashley grant you know you gave a talk on my women's issues at my school and how we don't have to be second class citizens like oh the bar's so low in springfield like i've only um again just like growing up and that and being more prevalent to issues and all that just getting the just getting the joke of that like oh the bare minimum of springfield is like hey kids like, women can be first-class citizens. Don't ask them yeah. about getting jobs or achieving higher. You can be first-class citizens. It's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. I, th- I, th- I just think uh, Bart's remark of, oh, so you're a don't-call-me-a-chick-chick, chick, you know, uh, that with his kind of walk, level. With his little walk as well. Yes. His little Hugh Hefner walk. Now, I always think about this part of... Um, The Simpsons have had so many babysitters over the years, and I do think that maybe if the events in Some Enchanted Evening hadn't have happened, maybe we wouldn't we would have had somebody else that would have come and babysat for them. How much can you remember of Some Enchanted Evening? Because we have uh, reviewed that one. Oh, it's the what's the babysitting service called? Baby Bumpers Babysitting Services or something? Yeah, it's one of those that rolls off the tongue there, but yes. it was technically the first episode made, Yes, but um, production put it to like uh, midway through. It's, oh, it just, it looks awful. Like, Homer's trying to get apology flowers and he just goes into this green void of a flower shop there and like the doors are bouncing off and people close them and that. It's really weird. Like, it's really surreal, but um, it, it's got an important place in history there. You get the babysitter bandit. And then you get yeah. Homer and Marge being a normal couple there. So it's it's all right, but I wouldn't give it a full recommend there. Oh, I think it's one of those pinnacle episodes where you get a really good idea of what The Simpsons is about, especially when Homer's on the phone and he lies and he says, no, we're The Samsons. We know The <laughs> Simpsons and we think that they're very nice people. 
So Lisa says, oh, sorry about my unenlightened brother. He's going to make uh, the next few hours of living hell there. And uh, it turns out Ashley has got a little cheat for Bart there. Uh, forgive the pun. Hazel, what's she got? <laughs> she has got a copy of, and I can't even remember for the life of me, the game. Because all I keep Disembowler thinking... Disemboweler 4. Now, is this by the same creators of Bone Storm? Oh, you know what? Oh, I'm trying to think now because... Uh, oh, the equiv because the equivalent of uh, Mortal Kombat ended up like Tekken kind of evolved and became an equivalent of that. So I'd assume, oh, but it's violent though. Like Tekken's just a fighting game. Yeah. I was gonna say is it like a Tekken equivalent, but with disembowel, it's more because Mortal Kombat's all blood and killing people. I don't know. That's a good question. We need to find out. We need canon on this. We do. It's a shame no one, uh, no one really remembers Disembowel Four there. Um, but it's the game where condemned criminals dig each other with rusty hooks. There. By the way, what a jip as well. Um, do a little. In all fairness, she does say a little bit of housework, and you can play for five minutes. Hazel, that seems like a big jip. Now, I never had a N64. Don't shoot me. I was all. <laughs> I was all PlayStation baby. One, two, three, four. Uh, I don't think I'll ever get five. I can't even get the greasy mitts on one. Not at this rate. No, no, God, definitely not. But, um, like, five minutes, though. Like, did you have a 64? How long does that take to boot up, get a game in, start playing? We didn't have an N64, but we did have Sega. And they were pretty good. You just popped in the cartridge and off you go. You're already playing. It's not like the games of today where you have to do a 20-minute patch, first-day patch to download to actually play the game. Just pop in the cartridge and off you go, baby. So Ashley's got control bar. You see Hazel, males aren't hard to tame. They all follow their video cartridges. Brilliant line. And very true as well. And um, yeah, again, not to make a crude joke, but in like, what is it? He's 10. So like yeah. in seven, eight years, he'll be following something else there. So <laughs> it's, it's very well written. I really do like that joke. Yeah, it's very clever. So you're one of those don't call me a chick chicks, huh? Uh, sorry about my unenlightened brother. He will make the next few hours a living hell. Oh, I don't know. See this part? Disemboweler 4. The game where condemned criminals dig at each other with rusty hooks. Mm-hmm. Do a little housework and you can play for five minutes. No way. <laughs> yes, I'm... See, Lisa? Nails aren't hard to tame. They all follow their video cartridges. I notice as well in this that they don't use the word feminist and I think that's a very specific choice because they didn't want to be political about who the babysitter was. You got a good sense of who she was without using very explicit political terms, I think. Oh, you're right. No, they never say feminist, do they? They just say a like enlightened and progressive woman. Uh, yeah. Do you think uh, it would have been better or worse if they use the word feminist i'm just thinking when it was broadcast to uh now with meme culture and rewatch i feel like it would have been a very very bold choice especially at that time um and i think it's definitely one of those words that even now i think for a lot of people they find um the word feminist quite controversial and i would say you know i i prefer not to use the word feminist necessarily um and i think as well now especially in this kind of day and age it's definitely more about intersectionality and how 
different kind of demographics interact with each other it's not necessarily about feminism being women's rights women's rights is almost separate to that as well has it been given a negative connotation then is that why i'm just trying to wrap my head around it i think through things like obviously like the turf so the trans exclusionary uh, radical feminists who've kind of maybe turned people away from using the word feminist a little bit but that's just kind of my perspective and um for kind of my background i did um study f- uh, feminist subjects for a, a, a number of years whilst i was at uni and there was definitely that kind of not all feminism is you know girl power and you know women supporting other women some of it can be quite um exclusionary in, in some cases I had no idea. Again, not to get us back on track there, but uh, I'll just say for feminism, you know, to quote Jerry Hallowell, Margaret Thatcher, yeah, she could have been a Spice Girl. She was all for girl power. <laughs> Wonderful. We love you, Jerry. Ah, so we have Marge and Homanow arriving at the candy convention. We get a big, wide shot of it. And I've only picked this up through recent rewatches as well there. If you look around, you'll see a stall, a uh, little blue stall, in a big cylinder shape, and it says nuts and gum from uh, actually the very last recording I did uh, for this here podcast there where Lisa versus Malibu Stacy from the scene, uh, you know, Hazel, oh, it's rotten being a kid, no one listens to you. Oh, yeah. it's rotten being old, no one listens to you. And then Homer and I guess I walk in as well. I'm a white male, age 18 to 49. Everyone respects me, no matter how dumb my suggestions are. And he grabs a nuts and gum. So it's good to see a little return. I've never seen that before, only like a few weeks ago. Bloody there hell. You go. On rewatch, you will notice those small little things that are in the little Easter egg for you. It's great, though, because Homer feels like some kind of a kid in some kind of a store there, and he's like a... So like a pig and shit going through all the free samples there like we've all done whenever we went to our first Costco there I know I was definitely doing that with the hot cheese balls there or the you know oh, it's a three chocolate uh, muffins there I, I, I was very much like Homer in that case I, I'm not ashamed everyone loves going to a convention and picking up a free pen yes uh, or lanyards there or if they're on the ball a uh, nice little cap there like my dad was in and out of uh like electrical engineer work there and he went to these certain you know boring mass trade shows there but uh, you know me and my dad are very much the same he'd come home and say look at all these shirts look look at the thread count on that look at that that's brilliant that's brilliant for just getting stuff out the garage of that doing your jobs that's great for you there you go <laughs> excellent just think thinking practically there like the amount of like japanese car um baseball caps he's got is insane there Ah, yes, how can I forget about this now? We have uh, Frink, Professor Frink himself there. He's come up with the super sour ball there. So sour, Hazel. can only be contained in a safe magnetic field. And he goes on, oh, the candy, no, there's 7x4. Where the hell is the candy there? Oh my god, and you talked about the art direction. The team on this have done a perfect job. Oh, look at his face, Hazel. Like, how the hell do you get that in itself there? Because um, I can't think of anything super sour apart from... Um, I've seen, like, food reviewer YouTubers do it. It's called... I think it's citric acid or it's mm. citric something acid. It's pure white and it's, like, 100% sour. Other than that, like, I can't think of anything that can talk my face like that. Good God. 
I feel like they really captured that kind of feeling of something super sour when your face just kind of, you know, it just kind of goes in on itself. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I'm not, I don't know how I'll spring this up, but have you seen memes of Homer's face like that? And if so, do you know no. of any PG? Okay, right. I was about to have a follow up. Do you know of any PG ones? Because I've only ever seen ones that are rated R. I'm not going <laughs> to. And I'm not going to describe them, but I mean, they write themselves with how his uh, mouth and, to add to a pun, how his lips look there. So uh, I'll, just, I'll just leave it at that, folks, honestly. You can Google that in your own time, people. Yes, please have incognito one. Oh, speaking of lips, uh, wax lips. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent transition. Yes, we have wax lips, Hazel. Oh, it's the candy of a thousand uses. Like what? <laughs> oh, it's a substitute, humorous substitute for your own lips. All right, lad, keep going. Two. Uh, oh, I'm needed in the basement there. A and classic. Yes. And uh, funnily enough, and I know I get exposed to like first time things through The Simpsons. This was not the first time I got exposed to it. This was genuinely, um, genuinely like family wholesome time. I think my dad exposed me to it because he just like did it. Like I'll be honest, he wasn't that good with it, but he was better at doing the lift. And then I realized, ha, that was funny. Okay, let's watch Austin Powers now. I'm like 13. <laughs> Wait a minute, Dad, did you take this from Austin Powers? He went, You've yeah. nicked this, you have. I know. <laughs> oh, now I, I know thought... how these girls feel about, oh my God, this boy's ripped his whole personality from The Office. <laughs> I, I felt exactly like that. I was heartbroken, sir. I, was I thought this was original Hazel. content. <laughs> so I always think with the candy throughout this episode, it looks absolutely delicious um what is your favorite candy tyler ah oh you beat me to it i was gonna i've had my notes there like um radio chatter about chocolate (laughs) 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 to fill time as you do like i won't bang on about but that's the worst just like these like especially from back home there we're driving somewhere there oh it's pancake day tomorrow what do you have in your pancake like oh it's just and then you realise, wait, podcasters do the exact same thing there. It just never dies. <laughs> it never ends. But you know what? I'm full chocolate. I was never into gummies, unlike Homer oh, no. here, I can safely say. I was never into sour stuff there. I was all chocolate. You give me a good dairy milk, Galaxy, you know, Terry's chocolate orange. I was the only kid I knew that liked Turkish Delight. Oh, I Does love that a Turkish you? Delight. No, it doesn't. I mean... I know that Turkish Delight isn't up everyone's alley. It definitely is up mine. But Ooh, I have to really? say, yeah, 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 I have to say, Ooh, though, you're okay. saying you like chocolate. Now, when you were a kid, you used to get the penny sweets and you used to get those horrible fucking chocolate little mice. What Did you like those? Oh, I really like them. Oh, I really sake. like them. Oh, Tyler. That does shock me. Who likes those? They're horrible. I, did. I didn't like the white chocolate. Um, Apart from, like... Oh, what was all right white chocolate? I like the Milky Bar kid. I like the Milky Bars. Yeah, but that's but I different. Like, I didn't like Dream. I didn't like any other white chocolate just because I found it too claggy or just mm. stick in my mouth. Uh, I like normal dark chocolate now as an adult, but I can't have the 85% Colombian drug lord super strength stuff <laughs> like your green and blacks. So like, whoa. I remember oh, my mum used to be into them for a long while. I can't do them. But, um,. Are you just all chocolate or are you just sours or do you like a mix or have you not got a sweet tooth at all? So 
if I had to choose, I'm definitely a savoury kind of girl, but oh. I do like a little fruity gummy. Now, my favourites are the fizzy cola bottles. Absolutely oh, just adore classic them. one, okay. We love a little classic. And we're coming up to a, we'll call it the main event there of this here, a candy convention, where we go to the gummy section there. Um, gummy bears, gummy calves, calves heads, gummy jawbreakers. I never got this until, like, literally I was 16, and I'm like, wait a minute, that defeats the purpose. That's brilliant humour. <laughs> oh, it's very silly. pointless. And then we have the peace du resistance there. We have... The Venus, the Gummy, Venus de Milo there, carved by Gummy Artisans, who works exclusively in the medium of Gummy there. And Marge is just sick of it. Why are you two stop saying Gummy so much? <laughs> <laughs> and But he's uh, he's transfixed now, Hazel. He, he must have his uh, Venus. It's in his sights. He spotted it. He wants it. I've been thinking about this Gummy now. Is this a CBD gummy? No, no, no. Oh, like, you have kids waiting outside. Like, <laughs> I'd assume it's not. What flavour do you think that the gummy Venus de Malio is? Do you know what? I think... Uh, I don't know if they have an original flavour or a plain. Because I'm assuming with, like, a lot of these... And I've seen it in, like, Guinness Book of World Records of that. But, like, you're trying to make the world's largest pizza. You're not going to do it with meat feces you're just going to do a bog standard margarita True. i think it's either flavorless and they've just carved it that's in my own little head canon see i like to think that it's lime flavored but it doesn't make any sense other than the fact that it's green yeah yeah i feel like something that's this classy would be maybe like a pear flavor or something something that's a bit shit of a flavor I was going to say, oh, pear, like, oh, pear drops, you kidding me? But no, all right, we're, we're in the same boat with that. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I don't know, but I, I will say, again, we'll praise the art direction through the roof there. Brilliant detail on mm. the Ven- Venus de Gummy, we'll call it there. Even when um we see it later on there, just brilliant detail in the face and the curvature and where the arms should be in that. It's great line art. Absolutely. And I think my favourite bit about in that section is when she winks. You can hear you can hear a nice foley of like uh stretching gummy as well, can't you? Yeah. So Homer's just adamant he must have it there, so he says to Marge distract the salesman, like, No, I'm not gonna make a spectacle out myself anymore. And as soon as she says that, bang, there goes one of the pockets and out of embarrassment, like she's got the whole stock in a pocket. All the attendants start helping her, and Homer's thought, uh, I mean, fuck me, I've done this when I'm frustrated and hit man, hey, so I don't know about you. <laughs> Alright, we've, we've done we've done it, um, Sleuthy, for the first three runs. We've we done can't stealth. do it now. Look, I've found this, um, I found this lawnmower, can we just run him over? <laughs> right, here we go. Um, so it's going to take all of his skill, bang, straight through the glass, alarm goes off, and then they just end up running. With Marge protecting the booty in sight. <laughs> now, um, they didn't have to do this, Hazel, at all. But no. it's fucking fantastic. Props to them and props to the whole team for coming up with this and then getting to um, get them to animate it. Uh, I'll let you describe it, Hazel. What in the hell happens? What comes over Homer here? It's just such a... He's just trying to find any way to escape and he thinks very quickly on his feet with what he's got 
to his disposal in this candy consortium and he has got a packet of pop rocks and a soda and what does he do he combines the two now if you've ever combined mentos and coke you will know that that goes everywhere it's a big old citric acidy mess there's a lot of foam everywhere Mm. and he throws this grenade ready to pop into the crowd of people that are chasing after them and a big boom and they make their escape Now I've looked at the production notes and this, and I thought, like, what was the idea behind it? And um, mm. one of the head writers, it might have been Dave Merkin, he said, "Oh, we wanted to include this because, um, like, this at the time this seemed to be like every Bruce Willis scene ever there." Yeah. So it's not, it's not even. I suppose you call it, it's just a generic '80s action thing. But I, all right, it's more leaning towards uh, uh, Mr. Willis there as well. I like the little details of like Marge's ahead. Homer's running, look panicked, and then he thinks, no, fuck this. And then he turns around, like, in the coolest way, just boots it. The can comes straight into his hand there. And then, I don't know why, it's a bit lame, but I even like the delivery on, see you in hell, candy boys. Like, it's very city boys. It's very much in that fashion as well there. And then, um, does he kill them? (laughs) That's a lot of fire. Like, I've heard of the Simpsons podcast, and they go, so, Homer's kill people. <laughs> um, oh, God, I don't want to think about that. But um, I love the fact that he, like, escapes out of frame as well. Uh, as it explodes yeah. behind him. It's perfect. It's stunning. Stunning stuff, Hazel. It's excellently animated. But I have a question for you. Um, which food would you break the law for? Ah, and later on Radio Two, we've got uh, we've got Abba coming in to promote. <laughs> I'm lo- I'm loving I'm loving these radio questions. Um, oh, what food would I die for? Um, I okay. suppose it's the I suppose it's the same as my favourite takeaway. I'd probably um, kill for like curry, like a banging Rogan Josh or Ooh. a uh, chicken macani or something like that. Nice, nice. I like it. I mean, we are going on the assumption that maybe people did perish in the uh in the candy grenade yeah yeah so the the gummy de milo is worth a worth a few dozen lives absolutely absolutely it's worth it even if it is pear flavored so they get home now and the kids are playing inside the jacket there and it bursts open and they're rolling out into this big bed of candy there and like the gummy de milo's Nowhere to be seen, and Homer starts panicking there, but it's fine. She can't get far. She has no arms. <laughs> and um, Marge, absolutely fed up with this, like, I can imagine the silence or her biting his ear off um, in the car, saying, take the babysitter home now. She's been in the car for 20 minutes. Look, she's having fun in there, honks the horn. See? She's having the time <laughs> of her life. <laughs> As if she's some kind of a baby or something. <laughs> <laughs> So Homer ends up dropping Ashley home. And um, yeah, this is a very Irish star thing now. So uh, you're a graduate student, huh? Oh, you come, you guys can go to the moon, but you can't make my shoes smell good. Um, sorry. Ah, nobody's blaming you. 
Oh yeah, take the wheel, please. I've got to scratch myself in two places. <laughs> what I've uh, what I've kind of noted about that is, I think that sometimes men's behaviour can be gross, but they just don't realise it. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I can see uh, elements of a dad in this as well. <laughs> it's everyone's dad, and I think that's the perfect thing about Homer. He doesn't realise at this point. <laughs> Ah, yes, you say that. I, In fact, I'm thinking now, I think it's very uh, important they've included this little back and forth mm. before uh, what happens, which is Ashley, um, rightfully confused and disgusted, says, oh, just drop me off here. Homer pulls over to the side and then she goes to get out of the car and we end up seeing the Venus, the gummy de Venus uh, on her rear end there. Precious Venus. <gasps> Thank you. <sighs> With real life optics, then, um, I mean, how does this look like? Of and Ashley's rightfully disgusted there, but and what's the real life optics on this, Hazel? I think that there's so much in this and it, there's there's kind of maybe a lot to unpack, which is, again, Homer is just, I don't want to say brain dead, but he has definitely, he's not operating at the level as a, a lot of other people are and especially real life situations. You'd probably say, oh, I'm sorry, I just picked this gummy off you. Oh, you had something on you, you know, but obviously... Mm. Homer in this moment he's a very food motivated person and I mean if he was in an adoption center as like a little dog it would say motivated by food that would be his little tagline and I think that that's so clear and obviously us as the audience we know exactly what's happening here he's just motivated by the food he wants that gummy Mm. he went to all of he killed those people he killed those people Tyler (laughs) it's not gonna be for nothing He's not going to let those people die in vain. And, you know, he he thought he'd lost the gummy. He's got the gummy again. That's all he cares about in that moment. He didn't mean to frighten her, but that's what's happened. You know, it was very apt you said, you said um, if he was a dog, they'd say motivated by food. One of the, um, I don't know whether it's John Swartzwell or someone else, but one of the prominent writers said, Homer is just a dog with human emotions. Right. Like, in, in how he behaves and how he treats his family and just um, even how he, like, speaks or argues. Uh, so that's very fitting that you would say that there because, um, yeah, that's one of the big motivators when I think Swartzwelder does um, his episodes there. He treats him like a dog. Yeah, I think that's clear and as well, especially in Homer's character, like, you can tell that he loves his family even if that always doesn't come across his intentions are always right and his heart is in the right place and maybe it just doesn't come out quite right we're on to the next day now and the kids have got stomach aches from consuming all the candy but hey kids there's lots of candy left for breakfast and you just hear them groan and then um you see marge go well why don't we give it to some needy kids then oh no and we hear some ruckus outside some crowd starts to form outside homer thinks Ah, shit, it's the candy convention people. They've tracked us down. And then, oh, shit, it's out of the frying pan and in at the fire. Ashley's now accusing him of sexual harassment. 
And now, before we get to the outbreak there, Homer just, again, like you say, very clueless. Oh, thank God for a minute. I thought I was in big trouble. Oh, it's just, oh, don't. And that's how we end Act 1. Straight into Act 2. Um, oh, brilliant chant here. Um, now you're a wrestling fan, you can get behind chants. Uh, could you give us a little rendition of the chant we open up to, uh, Hazel, if you remember? Is it 2468? Homer's crime was very great. Uh, oh. Great we, meaning, great. larger, immense, we use it in the pejorative sense. Yes, and it's such a great rhyme, and it, it's, <laughs> it's. I can't remember which, who, who says it, but it's. I think it might be Marge that says, come on, we need to move them on, because they're starting to become catchy and memorable. <laughs> they're real earworms, it can't yeah. be denied. <laughs> and this is where... Uh, you know, we get the arc of Homer here. He's sweat. He's protesting his Im- innocence. You know, I didn't touch her. You know how bashful I am. I can't even say the word titmouse without giggling like a schoolgirl. And it's the best giggle. It's a brilliant giggle by Dan Castellaneta there. Oh, credit to him. Yeah, I think, again, it really encapsulates Homer. That very childish kind of like... <laughs> And I, th- I think today with this uh, with this crowd, if, if this kind of thing was happening today, that would be a, just a Twitter mob. They wouldn't be outside the house. They would just be online. Oh, yeah, very much so. Very much so. As we um, all know, uh, retrieving a gummy from the backside of a babysitter is obviously the oldest excuse in the book. <laughs> yeah, that's the oldest trick in the book. Like, how many times does that happen in life? <laughs> So the kids are confused, like, what actually happened then? Why would you want to touch a girl's butt? That's where cooties come from there. <laughs> and Homer, oh, bless him with his metaphors and his analogies. Well, do you remember that postcard Grandpa sent us from Florida of the alligator buying that woman's butt? Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, we all had a laugh, but it turns out we were wrong. The alligator was sexually harassing that woman. Um, I don't know why... Um, but maybe it's just because there's an animal attached to it, and then he goes like, "Same with the Coppertone dog." Uh, I just thought of sexual harassment panda. I don't know yes. why it drew me to it, but just oh, it's the funniest thing. Please explain sexual harassment panda for the non-South Park fans, which may be few, but it's still worth it. So uh, it's a it's a character that gets introduced. It's one of those kind of mascots that's supposed to come to your school and give a really enriching talk about why you shouldn't sexually harass but it just kind of turns into a big confusing mess when the panda is trying to explain what sexual harassment is by calling all the children little pandas and it just gets out of hand we'll say very catchy little sexual harassment panda Panda. yeah Um, oh my my favorite little um sketch or drawing the panda's got as well is um when he's explaining Oh, when you put your penis in another mm. panda's ear, that's... And then the panda's got cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> that's my main memory of that episode. Oh, it's just... It's really funny. Please um, go and find that out, folks. And they've built a shanty town now, the protesters. Uh, but it's fine, Hazel, because they can't stop Homer from living his life there. But they do a pretty bloody good job of it. Stopping traffic as well. And also going into work. And the great touch of Smithers being a normal human. Hey, you guys can't be in here. Oh, it's fine. They're with me. Like, oh, why? Poor Homer. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, 
when I said about kind of my misconceptions and redemptions, I I think about this section entirely. Um, Because from what I remembered of this episode, I just remembered Homer not getting it. But actually, in his kind of speech of saying, oh, do you remember do you remember about the the postcard and actually that was sexual harassment and I think as well in in this scene when he's at work he he knows what he did potentially was wrong you know or it looks bad and so he takes he takes it he's like do you know what they're with me you know I'm happy to take this abuse because they think this way I tried explaining my point and this will all blow over I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, traditional tactic, isn't it? With especially with these celebrity scandals, there or used to be back in the day. Absolutely, and he did try and make amends, and I think as well, this is kind of this kind of concept and this content is really ahead of its time. I mean, realistically, what oh, we're yeah. what we're watching here is cancel culture. We're watching cancel culture twenty years before its time. So, Homer's looking for reassurance from his loving wife there, but apart from, you know, loving and supporting you, there's nothing else you can do, and Homer's terrified there, he's on his own there, he needs help from someone above, he needs help from God, and he gets an ominous call from God, Free Jones from the TV magazine show Rock Bottom, and they want to help Homer, and he, oh, what a fool, he believes him, because, you know, that Report they done Sasquatch. It's fair and even-handed there. So he goes on to rock bottom there, and they're filming a little piece, and he's just explaining it, saying, you know, gonna take the babysitter home, and she was sitting on the gummy Venus, so he grabs it off her. All right, without what we see in the finished product, Hazel, he still doesn't help himself there, because the way he's passionately talking about the food, it is. Getting uh, borderline sensual and bisexual as well. There, he's not is. helping himself. I mean, I mean, it seems dated now. We're now in twenty twenty three, but we know Homer gets screwed over here with the edit and everything else there. But I mean, you frame it up there. I mean, add in what Pizza Express and I, I can't <laughs> sweat. This is bang on, you know, Mr. Andrew there himself there. Oh, who, by the way, folks, um, got away with it. Uh, he got reinstated by his um, enabling brother. So that's boo. another win. That's Fucking another victory. Boo. I know. Oh, God. Do you know what? It's funny that you should actually mention Prince Andrew because, like, further down in my notes, I've got so many references to the royal family. <laughs> and what I'll say as well, um, you know, when we start to... When we see what... Uh, what this TV studio has done with the, with his content that he's recorded here, the media makes things worse, and this is something that happens a lot in, um, you know, real life TV. You know that uh, reality TV where actually editing is the main character. I'll say now, I found a lot with Homer's not even the final product, but with this interview as well. Like, what does he thinks? gonna happen i mean you'll have it with oh who did it recently like you'll get cristiano ronaldo or some oh i've been cancelled help me and who picks them up the bbc doesn't pick them up itv doesn't pick them up channel 4 picks them up gb news oh please yes uh anyone i'll take anyone like it's always the most scuzziest 
low-level news programs that gives them, oh, we can let you chat about anything for a full 50 minutes. You know, do you want water laced with vodka? Here you go. Just tell us anything, please. Like, oh, it's just so scuzzy, Hazel. It gave me vibes of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, when we're talking about kind of these uh, almost... These are what I would call a kind of grey crimes, you know, it's kind of one person's word against the other. It's usually the kind of accused perpetrator that ends up getting a lot of the airtime and they get to kind of prove their innocence. And often it's kind of that thing of discrediting the potential victim, the alleged victim. And it's, it's an interesting take that happens with the media, that they'd rather represent somebody who's maybe done something wrong rather than focusing on the victim themselves oh no most definitely i mean i'll admit it during the um johnny depp and the herd stuff i got swept up in it i wasn't look, i wasn't watching the stuff every day but i'd follow the memes i'd follow stuff on twitter and then you get swept up thinking you know what johnny's a good guy he's gonna come through this and amber's gonna get found right. out to be the liar she is and then you know verdict's given and in the aftermath you find out, wait, there was these Twitter bots getting with five followers getting all these viral tweets over. And you just think, oh, shit, he's paid for that and the campaign and everything. And then you find out, like, what was it? Amber Heard had a load of guilty charges and then he only had one. But it's still a charge. So it's, it's just surreal now, just modern, um, modern accusation in court cases as well. Which is, it's, you just get swept up in it, Hazel. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because I definitely resonated with the um, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp case, um, you know, having having been a victim of, um, I would say, a toxic relationship previously. And it sounds like with them, it's a case of you'll never know the truth because everything is a half truth or there is a version of the truth that is neither of them are right. They couldn't po- both possibly be correct in that situation. Mm, yes. And it's, um, I think it's a very dangerous thing. And like you say, people just get swept up in it. And that's definitely what happens with Homer in this instance. He does. But um, not for long, Hazel, not for long. Because here comes the bouncing ball of justice on rock bottom. But before we get to Homer's um, truthful interview, We've got a little preamble there, very paranormal, panorama, sorry, very panorama, very dispatches there. As we go undercover at a sex farm for sex hookers. <laughs> oh, one of my guilty pleasures in comedy is um like certain accents. And I love a deep southern or general southern US accent there. Again, being a wrestling fan, literally loads of wrestlers have the accent. Yeah. And just, oh, I'll, I'll try and do my bit. I keep telling you, I just drove Thorgan here. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, where are the hookers? Right on back. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, brilliant delivery. Brilliant. But here we go. She was a university honor student who devoted her life to kids until the night a grossly overweight pervert named Homer Simpson gave her a crash course in depravity as we have babysitter and the beast and i tell you what props the producers on them getting the b-roll footage for that because homer's very much doing his and i've been guilty of it doing his where the fuck why the fuck aren't these keys getting out where the fuck are the keys (laughs) like um i've done it with myself if something won't open or i can't find anything um or very much do you remember in very early peep show when 
Mark's closing up for the night and he can't get his key out of the um, desk drawer. <laughs> yeah. It never fucking comes out. Oh no, it does. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> they knew what they were doing there. It's great. It's a great capture in the footage there. But Homer realises that, um, yeah, he's screwed. And then, yeah. uh, you know what? We had a bit of a preamble there. Hazel, um, I believe this is your fave part of the episode. Absolutely. So after Homer realizes that he's fucked it, lads, he's absolutely been done in. You know, he he's sat there with his family, thinking this is gonna be, this is gonna be my redemption arc. This is gonna be it. And then we get the uh, the super cut, the super cut of this absolute shambles of an interview, where he's. L- Asking about her sweet, sweet can. She was a university honors student who devoted her life to kids. Until the night a grossly overweight pervert named Homer Simpson gave her a crash course in depravity, babysitter, and the beast. Aw, crap. Somebody had to take the babysitter home. Then I noticed she was sitting on her sweet can. I grab her sweet can. Oh, just thinking about her can. I just wish I had her sweet, 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 sweet can. So, Mr. Simpson, you admit you grabbed her can. What do you have to say in your defense? Mr. Simpson, your silence will only incriminate you further. No, Mr. Simpson, don't take your anger out on me. Get back, get back. Mr. Simpson, no! Dramatization may not have happened. And I think um, one of my favourite visual jokes in, in this section is the fact that you can see the clock in the background and you can see where they've edited it and the clock is kind of swinging between like oh, six, six o'clock and it's incredible. a different time. And it's it's so obvious, obviously to us as the viewer, that it's been edited, but it's so compelling to you, the uh, to the people of Springfield who are watching this. Godfrey's not even in the same room. No. <laughs> doing it doing his responses. What's what's the line? What's the line that he comes out with? Oh, don't don't get angry with me. Uh, uh. M- Mr. Simpson, no. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my fave bit, just his camp like him being defenseless as well. Um oh that was it in your silence only incriminates you further. Yes. And they've just like freeze they froze it on the editing table and they've got the motion button they thought should we try again nah fuck it use that as the use that as his response no we've listen it's five minutes to lunchtime we've got to get this out we'll just pause it it doesn't matter no one will notice and you're right nobody noticed so homer realizes well family that's it just go upstairs pack your bags because we're going to start a new life under the sea now my God, I was sh- uh, like, I've not properly watched The Little Mermaid, but like, oh. you know, around Christmas you get this countdown list of the best Disney songs ever and all that. Um, I'm surprised Disney never sent them a letter because this is fantastic just as far as the song. Animation is just enough that they're not going to get a word, but like right. the song, it's very close, Hazel. They've done an excellent job. Oh, it's so, honestly, they, I think throughout the simpsons there's always these very catchy songs and this is definitely one of them it's and oh yeah you know the simpsons are known for kind of ripping off those disney songs like you know um from uh 
see my vest to this you know we're cherry bobbins the entire episode is fantastic oh my goodness um and this section is is kind of what i was saying about those pre-family guy curlways this is very much Ah, here we go yeah this is very much in homer's head but i think my favorite part is after he comes out of this marge says you can't just use this as an excuse you can't just always go and live under the sea um but what this uh what this section also reminded me of was i don't did you ever watch bbc2 on a morning when you were getting ready for school uh like right at the crack of dawn when they're starting bbc breakfast or when the cartoons were on and there was a cartoon called the snorks no this is no i didn't know they had cartoons before bbc breakfast okay oh my goodness okay right listeners the snorks it was like the smurfs but underwater and they had these like weird kind of things on their heads uh that allowed them to breathe water but anyway and it's the kind of the animation style is very much reminiscent of that where it's very kind of it's more cartoony than what the simpsons is given that it's an adult cartoon but it's very much that kind of playful outrageous um giving you that kind of uh back of the sea monkeys packet idealized version of what living under the sea is actually like oh bloody hell all right um would you give it a recommend or like has it not aged well or was it just really boring when you were as an adult i feel like um the snorks i don't know i've never i've not watched it as an adult but as a kid it's very kind of rose-tinted glasses ah okay okay with a lot of kids shows i get you yeah it has a special place in my heart um but yeah this this non-copyrighted version of under the sea is excellent um i'll just say very briefly to kind of match hazel's um do you remember the snorks there uh what one of my fave uh shows i watched as a kid which not a lot of people know but same production company of tom as thomas tank engine have you ever heard of tugs Mm. And it was a kid's show. That's not me leaking my, <laughs> like, history there. Yeah, only fans. Oh, oh, I wish they get me out of a lot of this energy crisis. I tell you. <laughs> but have you have you heard of Tugs there? About uh, it's these it's these boats with faces on, and they got into scrapes every episode. No, I don't know this at all. <laughs> oh, okay, right. That would be your homework then. I'll try these sweets, and you um you watch an episode of Tugs or uh, at least the intro. It's the jazziest most 80s intro you'll ever see there i'll have to link you to it so uh, i'll i'll give you that as a swap yeah i don't really want to have to google tugs i'm gonna be honest <laughs> yeah i didn't really think of that uh, all right I'll, I'll link you so in between all that um you know oh is it blown over no like the media circus has now joined it's not even the shantytown the national news is covering it there but nothing ever blows over for him until quite literally his car blows over. The man can't catch a break. And straight from that, we go into excellent meme territory. Um, the paparazzi in the sky try to get a um, snap of him in the shower. And then he what, knocks himself out or just falls on the ground. And then straight away, oh, Simpson scandal update. Homer sleeps nude in an oxygen tent, which he believes gives him sexual powers. But it's only half-truth, Hazel, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder which part is the truth. 
Oh, I'm, I'm trying to think now. Um, I'd like to think um, the first half. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to think of sexual Homer. Not my Homer. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not my Homer. So now the media circus has come to town. Now everyone's getting the two cents, and it's all your Ricky Lake shows and you know your Jeremy Kyle equivalents there. Mm. Um, now I've seen this scene loads of times where you have the distraught woman saying, "I've never met Homer Simpson or had any contact," but no, I'm sorry, I can't go on. And the woman goes, "Oh, that's okay. Your tears say more than real evidence ever could." <laughs> at again at the time, nice bit of satire. But, like, yeah, you know, there's certain sides of certain fandoms and that. I've seen this scene been weaponized to be like, oh, yeah, women, right? Oh, they're all the same. They're just doing it for money and all that. Have you noticed that? Or is that just from my, I don't know, male fan side of Twitter, Hazel? No, I think I've seen a lot of that. And I think as well, kind of with a call back to what happens in the babysitter scene, it's kind of... Uh, setting up women to be manipulators in this situation of oh I've never even met this person I don't even know what this person's about but I know because he's a man that this is an awful thing and I'm directly affected by it Um, and I just Uh. yeah and I think that there's a lot of I think a lot of people take it quite personally because nobody wants to be falsely accused of anything but at the same time people need to be believed regardless of you know what has what has happened to them they need to be believed about what's going on and until it's proven that it's not happened we need to kind of we need to investigate things and we need to put people on notice yeah yeah keep them in the eye keep them on the hot seat there no i, I see that oh i've just realized um i like to guide myself and not lose my place folks so i like to use frinkiac throughout these recordings um and i thought about what was going to be my fave scene this is it, Hazel. Fucking gentle Ben. Yes. Oh my god. Ben. I've literally yes. got I've got in my notes here. We should have had more of gentle Ben. We should have. Now they did this scene, because I saw in the production notes, uh head writer on this episode said, Oh, you know, there's these so many of these chat shows today that they could just give, you know, an empty vessel. They could give a ghost a microphone and then just hand it around the audience and it's the exact same program. And there was like 50 of these at the time during yeah. the 80s and 90s. What is it? Your Ricky Lakes, your, like, Oprah initially was doing yeah. this. Queen Queen Latifah had one, apparently. Right, I did exactly. not know about. And then your British equivalents, your... um, your, what, Robert Kil Robert Kilroy Silk oh, back in the day. Uh, Trisha Goddard. Um, which I liked ironically because of Bo Selector. Um, yeah. I used to do the voice, but I'm not doing the voice anymore because no. I've progressed as a person. We but love I like growth. That sketch and yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And so here's Gentle Ben, this fucking eight foot grizzly, running round with a microphone on his head. Today on Ben, mothers and runaway daughters reunited by their hatred of Homer Simpson. And here's your host, Gentle Ben. I just have one thing to say. Let's have less Homer Simpsons and more money for public schools. Ben, I have a question. No, Ben, no!
don't know why. My favourite bit of this isn't even the chaos at the end. It's this woman's voice. I don't know why it's so good. Just, Ben, I have a question. <laughs> and then just ignores her for the um, catering. No, Ben, no. And fucking claws him away there. Has to get tranked. And then, if you look closely, before they obviously um, cut to like technical difficulties, folks, we're right back. Um, Ben's falling with all his weight on the audience. They all like do a weird little jump up. I don't know if it's an animation glitch or that's all they could do, but like it reminded me of Wee Bowen. Just ah, <laughs> just like they hover in midair and then it cuts and then it's like gentle Ben like um, helping this woman for the title card. Uh, yeah, I just re- this was amazing. I absolutely love this Hazel. So when I when I watched this episode previously, I just thought that this was just kind of a bit of like a what a funny gag, you know, um, like you say about anybody could be bloody given a microphone and all of a sudden yeah. they're a talk show host. But I didn't realise that Gentle Ben was an actual TV show. It was yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, it's kind of a. A bear as an actor who was in I don't not necessarily a sitcom but a, like more of a a kind of wholesome, um, almost like children's TV show. Oh, is it like the equivalent of Black Beauty back in the day? Yeah, I think something oh, like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's just I just found that so interesting because obviously for all these years I've just thought that that was the joke is that it was kind of that thing of give a cardboard box the microphone. Um, oh yeah. Whereas actually, they had actually trained a bear to act. <laughs> ah, that's amazing, yeah. Um, oh, like got, I, I need to actually maybe watch a couple clips on YouTube for that, because I wonder how receptive it is and like how much it can emote. Because I've watched Grizzly Man, the mm. Werner Herzog thing, and then, oh, Christ. Um, they're, very, they're very difficult, and they don't like getting trained. I mean, how oh. many children got mauled in just preparing this bear to be on that TV show? <laughs> we asked the grim reality questions on this podcast, folks. It's nothing it's, but the death count. It's the hard-hitting facts here. Yeah. I don't... Uh, you know what? I don't know how to tie this in, so might as well do it now. We have a mutual friend. Well, say mutual friend. They've been on the podcast, Meg Thomas. Um, please go back and listen to our most recent Halloween episode, folks. She does a great job. She has um, old footage from her grandparents of bears on bikes. Oh, yeah. It's really surreal to see. Yeah, she shared it with us, didn't she? And they're just riding bicycles like humans, and you just think, my God, like, what a different time and how cruel. Like, I don't get how uh, submissive they are and why they're not ripping the bike off and trying to go for their throats. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the 1950s was a very wild time. I didn't have much going on in Wales, so it's understandable. <laughs> Don't have much going go now, but they, there you go. <laughs> um, we've also got Portrait of an Ass Grabber there, which Homer thinks, oh, it's classy. It's going to be in favour, but um, no, it's just like some shocky Channel 5 made-for-TV movie there with a very young actress and just really hamming it up. You know, I'm going to yell so loud the country with a man in the White House? Uh, I don't think so. I think this is very uh, exemplum. Oh my god, exem. I can't even think of the word. Emblematic. Exemplary. Exemplary. There we go. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Um. Of those kind of true crime, um, dramatized events. 
kids and these things are still popular to this day they're very popular in the 80s mm. you know we used to have those like true crime reconstructions what was oh god what was it called crime watch in the uk oh yeah that was massive where they'd be like have you seen this missing girl here as we replay the events of the night that she went missing and it'd be all kind of dramatization of what happened um you know and some of these reconstructions are absolute fucking trash like and it's oh pete pete k does a whole bit in it he looks like shrek (laughs) yeah and I, th- I think as well in in this um, in this scene, you can see that obviously it's been dramatized, and they've really hammered home that Homer is a piece of shit here. Like if mm. anybody was seeing that, you'd believe that he'd done the crime that he was accused of, um, you know, and believe him to be a, a, a terrible human being. Oh yes, and finally, with all this coverage there, um, I never I never really realised this, but it makes sense now from the angle, like looked at the reference and it was like oh in this episode it includes references to mr goodbar general ben oj simpson i went wait oj simpson Mm. and it's this apparently um just from the angle in the you know channel six news um uh the yeah they're having like what 57 hour round the clock coverage uh tune in tonight for the highlights hazel which included when the garbage man came and when marge simpson took the cat out (laughs) possibly because it was harassed we don't know (laughs) Um, oh, this was another, like, this is going to be maybe my number two. I was battling between this and Gentle Ben. This is hour 57 of our live round-the-clock coverage outside the Simpson estate. Remember, by the way, to tune in tonight at 8 o'clock for highlights of today's vigil, including when the garbage man came and when Marge Simpson put the cat out. Possibly because it was harassed, we don't know. Of course, there's no way to see into the Simpson home without some kind of infrared heat-sensitive camera. So let's turn it on. Now, this technology is new to me, but I'm pretty sure that's Homer Simpson in the oven, rotating slowly. His body temperature has risen to over 400 degrees. He's literally stewing in his own juices. It was amazing. And I think (laughs) part of this, that part of this episode made me think about all of the coverage of the Queen's funeral. And do you remember when it was like, it's been 72 hours and we have been filming the coffin coming down oh from God. Scotland yeah. back to London. And it's like, you've literally, like, what are we watching? We're watching a car being driven. It was insane. And mm. it rem- it, this reminds me of that kind of content where it's, you can't turn away and you can't escape it because it's there. Oh, I'll tell you what, very briefly, because I'm just conscious of time now. With this being an OJ reference, you know, like when he escaped there with Al Cowens and the white Bronco, do you have uh, a favourite um, OJ parody there? Can you think of any yourself there, Hazel? Because I've got a cracker and it's the best OJ parody, uh, I think. I think I'd be remiss to not mention the South Park episode. Of, <gasps> um, it's the same fucking one. Of yes, course, Hazel. Of course. Uh, you know. Now, why would a Wookiee live on Endor? It does not make sense. Just like this trial, it does not make sense. Therefore, (laughs) you cannot find my client guilty. Oh, you went Johnny Cochran. Oh, no, no, no. I'm on about the Go-Go Bronco. The Go-Go Bronco? Oh, when they're escaping. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's that's mine, yeah. Um, Because he got chasing the white Ford Bronco with his uh, ex-teammate. And right. Like, what? Why weren't they pitting him? You would think, but oh no, we'll just follow him with the half dozen of the LA police. 
Uh, what do they do in South Park? Um, Cartman's got a hate crime against him. We gotta flee to Mexico, Kenny. Have you still got your go-go Bronco? And, like, even, like, uh, leaving the garage, it's really slow. Yeah. And the fact you've got all of Colorado's police department just following it, and then they've got the barrier. Okay, just pull over to the side and stop this madness. Come on, we can think rationally about this. Jesus, he's gonna ram it! <laughs> and they just and it was like because it's early South Park and they just move like blocks, don't they? Yeah. So it's just oh, this them jumping about and it squeezes just like nicks the paint off the two barricaded cop cars and carries on. And then, oh, that crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might have been my favourite ever. It's like in my top five. But yeah, that's my favourite OJ parody. Everyone, please watch that. It's stunning. So Homer's entering new lower and lower ebbs there. But it's fine. His best friends are coming to save him there. Yeah, get out of there, you vultures. Um, Do they save him? What can they do to um put Homer's mind at ease, Hazel? They can sell their stories to the press. And the bin starts at ten G's now. Ah, we're doing all the we're doing all the um parables and the big questions here. Hazel, let's say one of your good friends uh has got an accusation against them. It's not gone to court yet. Not, uh, but you know, the court of public opinion matters. Um how much are you selling your stories and your truths to uh suck on the Daily Mail's tea or the Sun's tea or any of them? What's your maximum price? Or do you have a price? I mean, I'm going to be honest. I would just give away stupid stories for free. And I would just oh, make Hazel, shit no, up. No, that's not... No, I you're would... worth love. Come on. No, I would stir it up. You know, I would... I just... Just any old shit. Just unbelievable crap. Just to kind of saturate the news. To take my friend's crime out of the news. Oh, okay. All right. That's actually... Uh, fairly noble. Ah, um, okay. Well, I was going to say 500 grand because it's like a 300 grand house. I can keep the 200 <laughs> grand and then maybe retire early. But yeah, thanks, Hazel. Thanks for not <laughs> Thanks for not adding a figure in this. <laughs> I'll just I stay c- in my little greedy hole. I can't be bought, honey. You can't afford me. Yeah, and before we go to the app break there, um, he's looking for the support of his kids with a very delayed hug. And they say, well, you know, TV's been there more than you have there. And Homer now has no one, it seems. So he goes up sadly to his room whilst the kids hug and kiss the TV. To which he questioned, they go, no, as they keep kissing it there. Um, Yes, we're on to act three now, the home stretch. And Homer's now living like a hermit, listening to David Letterman and all the talk shows rip into him for being... You know, the flavour of the month and the joke, they're running into the ground. Even Bumblebee's getting a bit of him in there as well. Ah, before we get on to uh, what Homer does for the resolve, I just thought I'd mention, if you want a good uh, drama series that deals with this, but again, more serious and more uh, heartbreaking, have you ever watched, um, do you remember a Channel 4 series that came out like five years ago, Robbie Coltrane, R.I.P.? No. Um, and it's about essentially he's a big figure from the 70s and the uh from TV. He gets accused of a load of things like many of them have done. And the story's about his perspective, his wife's perspective and the victim's perspective. And it's just fascinating that it re- again fucking spoilers for it. 
it reaches a point where you think, that's it, Judy Dench, Ju- uh, not Judy Dench, Julie Walters. I love Julie Walters. Um, that's his wife, and you think, oh, surely she's going to bin him off and see that, and then she doubles down, and you think, oh, oh my God, you're really in deep. You're gonna really fight for him after those horrible accusations. And I just thought, Hayes, I don't know what I'd do in that situation. Like, if you're hearing multiple dozens, like these um, very old entertainers, like, would you would you stick with your partner or like are you f- fighting tooth and nail even though it's not looking good? Like, that's a tricky situation to be in. And it's really well done. I can't think of what it was called, but it was like Channel 4 four years ago. Robbie Coltrane, Julie Walters. I feel like you can never know a person well and truly. Only one person knows themselves. Um, I think it would be... I'd need very compelling evidence to um, think that somebody had had done something. It would have to be very, very kind of plain in my face. Ah, folks, I found it. National Treasure. National Treasure from 2016, four-part series. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's really captivating. That I, g- I give that a big recommend. So he thinks, you know, despite him being in depression, trying to cheer himself up with even at the improv, uh, Lisa comes in with a great idea. The media just cares about entertainment, not the truth. So we'll do public access television because they don't know the meaning of the word entertainment. <laughs> um, it's fine though because they're dre- going to dress up with a folding chair and a fern. And the most decorative thing of all, the truth. <laughs> oh, bless Marge. Bless Marge for adding a little oomph into there. Ever the optimist. So they're busy dressing up now with the 49-star flag. Because <laughs> fuck, cause fuck Missouri. I'll be in the cold, hard ground. And so we have the Innocence Report with Homer Simpson there in this shoddy um, setup. How does it go, Hazel? Do you buy this? I I feel like... He really does labour it, especially when he says, some of you have been calling me Father Goose. Um, that's a reference that I had to look up, and um, it's, in, it's in relation to a, a film from, I think it's the 1950s, where uh, Father Goose is referred to as being rude, foul-mouthed, drunken, and a filthy beast. Which, I mean, does that not describe Homer? I'm just saying. But it's, uh, you know, he's he's protesting his innocence. He's not protesting it too much. But he gets the point across that he didn't mean for this to happen. Oh, no, like, he's, like, he means well. He's it's a bit heavy-handed and all that, but he likes to just definitely say harassing women's not one of them. And then he goes on about a story of he was race, uh, racing against an old-timey bike with a big wheel, and then... Again, what was he gonna like hospitalize him? Because he goes, oh, I've got this big cinder block. Shut up, shut up. Like, <laughs> um, what happened? I want to know. I feel like I've done that. Like, not even, I, like, even probably recently, as of like last year. Like, I'm sure when we've met up to do, you know, meals with the powers or that or drinks, like, I've gone into some, um, <laughs> I've gone into some dodgy story there, and Meg's like giving me a little death stare or giving me a concerned look after I do the punchline there. I've seen it. I've done it many times. I can't lie. It's the, uh, I really need to shut up now. I'm oversharing that we all appreciate. <laughs> that's the word. Oversharing. That's it. Lisa's so proud. Dad, you did it there. And the squeaky voice teens even working. Oh, the switchboards are lining up and the family are well happy. Two calls. That's her best ever. Hello? No, Janice doesn't live here. Hello? Yes, I am interested in long service. Very interested. Um... 
yeah, God, Homer's just fallen down and down after hurdle after hurdle. He's even going to the homemade Prozac, <laughs> Hazel. How? Because surely he's not just crushed up a load of Prozac pills because American medication is spenny and uh, like a <laughs> massive marketplace. So it's can't it can't be Big Pharma. Like it's, what do you say? Is it strawberry ice cream and what then? Oh, God, he more ice cream. Is It's definitely ice cream, but I wonder... It looks like that pink custard you had with school cake. Tubby custard. That's what it looks like. Oh, tubby custard. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) What would you have in your own homemade Prozac, Tyler? I'm trying to think of uppers. Um, Because thankfully, like, apart from cream for my psoriasis and all that, I don't... um, (laughs) I'm trying to think. What what picks me up? Um, Do you know what? He could have done with the CBD gummies now, couldn't he? (gasps) <gasps> yes there we go we tie it all in there this is what they were missing there if, if we were to rewrite our episode there you bang on there hazel you bang on i don't know i'd probably ch- like i like little uh mandarins and satsumas probably <laughs> them um honestly it'd probably be something what picks me up you know what uh, le- lemon citrus tart um, i love that you've which... gone for fruit <laughs> yeah because I, I, i'm a i'm a i like my fruit um I said tart or citron to a certain friend group and they all started calling me a Tory, so I can't say that. So oh, it's a Tyler. So it's a no. lemon tart. That's what they call it in M and S and Azza and the extra special bit. If I can get it reduced, I'll get like two of them in the pack. But it's called Tart or Citron. But I got called a Tory because I said it like that and uh, oh, no. I, I can I can never be seen there again, unfortunately. <laughs> it's like when I really liked San Pellegrino and they kept selling them cheap in Aldi and then I got told they're Tory fanners and Oh, thanks. What am I going to do now? I can't, I can't have them again, can I? I can't have nice things. <laughs> oh, God. So Homer hears a doorbell ring again, and we get a penny father right. Hey, don't like the old-time bikes, huh? Bang! Right in the face with his foot. Drives off. Um, And then we get... See, the weird thing is, I was expecting a rule of three here. It would make sense mm. to do a rule of three, wouldn't it? Like, I think they're just missing something there. Old timey bike, maybe. What would you have as a second? I'm just trying to think. We could have had the people of Missouri. <gasps> yes, yes, you could have. have you a, don't yes, recognise Missouri? A, yeah, have a have a load of old people. You know what? Yes, you've got a knack for this, Hazel. I should have Very written good. this episode. And what should have been the third? We get Willie. Homer, I love amateur video. And your show is the most amateur video I ever saw. My hubby is secretly videotaping couples and cars. I didn't come forward because in this country, it makes you look like a pervert. But every single Scottish person does it. As someone who's half Scottish, uh, no comment. Yeah. I, I was uh, going to yeah, no ask comment. you this. Uh, so who have you been filming recently, Tyler? Recently, oh, no, no, no business post COVID. I'm not gonna lie, no business <laughs> post COVID there. Not with increase only fans and everyone doing their own content. Oh no, definitely not. But this is where I do my smart joke of, uh, you know, think of a YouTube uh, top ten presenter or a YouTube fucking presenter with a annoying voice. Oh, did the Simpsons predict dogging? Find out. Watch till the end. Oh god. Did did they predict dogging here, Hazel? Because my god, this is pre. Because I feel like dogging was very much a two thousands thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, no. it's a fun theory. If it pays me and gives me a lot of tweets and favourites, I'll go with it. 
I think um I think the joke here of I love amateur video uh obviously with a reference to amateur pornography um I think that's that joke in there is just excellent. I just love the fact that oh yeah it's it's not a Scottish person I'll be honest with you probably a load of British people do it as well again mm. with the dog in link and the amateur that. I think at one point um like within like three different counties it was like the most watched thing on the old hub there. And then you go like, uh, oh, what was it like? Certain areas of Northern Ireland, then it's a mix of like BBW and like food porn. So a lot of mammies like the, um, <laughs> a lot of mammies like the smush porn and all that. And oh, feeding, God. maybe Eating mashed potato. I was, ex- I'd expect me to do that, Hazel, not you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the casual racist here. Just stay off my land. I, I realized this like, cause it's only for a couple seconds. But on rewatches, obviously you get Quimby first, you know, baby, oh yeah, oh yeah, she's getting mm. passionate. The kids are watching this with them. Yep. As they're about to like see their dad be exonerated, but they've had to watch Quimby get heavy handed and like I'm just trying to go and frink out like what are their faces? Oh, they're horrified. <laughs> they're wide eyed. Understandably. They're so wide eyed there, yeah. Um So the kids have had to endure that, but we get to see that key perspective of Willie's camera, and we do in fact see the gummy Demilo in Homer's hand peeling it off her ass, and yeah, he's telling the truth. What I so will say up... is vindication happens in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Spot on there, hunt. Spot on. Uh, yeah, before they run over and show Ashley, very, very great line by Marge. Probably the best line in this as far as holding up. The courts are so backed up. As long as everyone's recording everyone, justice will be done. <laughs> um, Yeah, never true words are spoken. I don't know about proper justice, but, you know, social media justice. Like, the amount of fight vids I see or cancelable acts or, oh, look, you know, um, Bradley Walsh has called this man of colour a horrible name. Oh, you know, God. stuff like that. It's just never-ending, Hazel. I know, I know, but social justice will prevail. And it seemingly does with Homer as well. Ashley sees it for her own eyes and she goes, oh, you were right, you know, your daughter called you a hero and I called you a beast, I must be wrong. No, you're both right there. Nice mix of the both. And we have Rock Bottom haven't admit they made a mistake with Godfrey Jones. And then... um as it is in real life, you look at any newspaper there, you go to like the apology section, it's very small. It's mm-hmm. like a small print for when you get a new phone. It's right. disgusting. Yeah, legit. Um, so we like to make the following corrections. Do you have any of these to hand, Sash? So, I sorry. do. Do you have any of these to hand, Hazel? I do. So I picked out a couple of funny ones. So um, a couple of Simpsons-related ones. So... The older Flanders boy is Todd, not Rod. Nice. Bart is bad to the bone. Uh, one of my favourites. The people who are writing this have no life. And this, I don't know why, last night when I read this, it absolutely tickled me. I couldn't stop laughing. So um, it's the Beatles haven't... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't even read it now. <laughs> the Beatles is haven't... about kickboxing? The Beatles haven't reunited to enter kickboxing competitions. <laughs> I 
don't know I don't know what it is, but just imagine him Ringo Starr going, Oh, oh, oh No, you know, John would do it as long as it was an all female league. Oh god. No. <laughs> allegedly, oh. allegedly, in your opinion. <laughs> uh my fave one is um Godfrey Jones's wife is cheating on him. Which makes a lot more sense when you see um what the next article's gonna be there. Yeah. So now I'm just thinking in my head, um, is Godfrey getting the smut in now because he knows, well, I've got to go through the divorce or she's shagging the teleprompter guy or what do you think the theory is? How do you think that came through? I don't know, but I think it explains a lot of his behaviour. Oh, definitely. Like It makes sense he's a scuzzbag there and his um, wife's getting um, some pole from somewhere else. But speaking of pole and perversion there, tomorrow on Rock Bottom, he's a foreigner who takes perverted videos of you when you least suspect it. He's rowdy, rowdy peeper. (laughs) There's a wrestling reference. Got to get one in every single episode there. It's got to be done on Uncle Moe's there. But but quickly enough, like, Homer was a guilty man. Like, it works, this editing, Hazel. You're bang on there. Oh, the man's sick. Yeah. Uh, I think my favourite line, listen to the music, Marge. He's evil. (laughs) yeah and again in the wrestling universe as well like again irl guy oh this is brilliant he works with children charities there yeah but uh look at him walk out there you know he's not from this country he's evil (laughs) come on oh very much like futurama i've got my own customs i'm not from here yeah Yeah. an evil man and then marge says well haven't you learned anything no my dear i haven't learned a thing and the family all walk off disappointed, much like that Fallout mean. Everyone disliked that, so they leave. <laughs> and then Homer, when no one's looking, cuddles the TV and says, oh, let's never fight again. <laughs> and then we get a weird little meta bit where someone turns off the TV, and then we get the credits rolling there. So, to finish it all off there, Hazel, um, I'd like your little wrap-up and your own unique rating out of five, please, a la... Um, I'm trying to give an example now. Uh, three out of five, sweet cans. I think I want to give this oh three and a half handfuls of gum and nuts. Ah, very nice, very nice. Okay. Um, again, I know you made points throughout the episode, but any final thoughts you want to make? Any final comments? So I I always think with these kinds of episodes, so um, I thought that we were going to have a very kind of different conversation today, uh, you know, mainly sort of, you know, focusing on the kind of sexual harassment aspect. But actually, we've kind of spoken a lot more about the, the media circus. And obviously, for the writers at the time, it's, it's interesting to have a look at what was happening in the time that they were writing this. And obviously, we've made reference mm. to the OJ Simpson uh, case. And obviously, there was a huge, huge... Um, you know media circus around that and obviously what we know today is cancel culture i think it's very much touched on that um you know we need to be believing people's stories but we shouldn't be taking them to the nth degree we shouldn't be just making things up we shouldn't be uh (laughs) saying that the cat was sexually harassed and that's why i've been put outside (laughs) um and i I, you know and I, i think about oj simpson i I googled to see, you know, what was the current news. And there are still news articles to this day um, about OJ Simpson. And it just feels like a lot of the time the drama will never go away. Um, And 
obviously relating it back to the oj simpson case uh that that case was called the people versus simpson and i wonder if yeah. the, that was potentially an alternative title for this episode um, oh it wouldn't surprise me yeah. i can absolutely see them doing that there but maybe it was too fresh and obviously insensitive the result of the case and the severity of it yeah yeah absolutely but i think to kind of to cap it off it's um you know it's more about the kind of media circus and you know maybe fox taking the piss out of themselves a little bit um for what kind of news that they were churning out at that time oh no absolutely um i'm so happy the simpsons have got that in the contract that they can easily just jab at fox there and they can't do anything about it and they've maintained that fox never took out or anything there for my own opinion my final thought i I really like this i think more is there were some funny moments but more is just the theme itself and holding up a mirror to the media and the circus and the hoo-ha about that and it's very you know isn't it's never been more relevant there with your Mm. cancel culture and that and instant justice over social media and you know, getting snapshots and screenshots of everything and stuff out of context and that people losing their jobs over it, rightfully, wrongfully, who knows? Absolutely. Um, uh, I, I keep praising them, but the the art direction and the animation was fantastic throughout this there. Uh, through the details of that, of the media circus and the gummy demilo and everything else. Um, and they could have, they could have done this very heavy-handedly and uh, just with the scenario that Homer's put in, and the actual, uh, the actual accusation, that could have been dealt with a lot worse. But Homer is innocent throughout always. He's nervous, sleazy. He's just this big, dumb goofball. And then he's innocent at the end. I know other shows, I don't think would have done it that well or made him that innocent. There'd always be an element of doubt. But they're very wise and they're very careful to do that. So with that being said, I'm going to give it four out of five... Ooh, ah, damn, you got me thinking now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it four out of five um, sex farms and sex hookers. <laughs> Excellent. Again, Freudian thing is, been a while on Hinge, folks. I th- maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. <laughs>